The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Well, divorce rates have never been higher, and perhaps that's caused by the stress over the course of the pandemic. But there's a number of challenges that have come about with property settlements on the line to talk about it. We've got Michael Masterson, who is the Managing Director of EverEdge. Michael, good morning. Good morning. Well, first of all, I believe you're over in New Zealand. What's the mood like over there with uh, the lockdown situation? And, of course, we're doing it very tough over here on this side of the ditch. Yeah, and I'm originally a Melbourne boy, so uh, I can certainly relate. I've got some great friends uh, in Geelong. And, yeah, no, look, it's actually tougher here. And the reason it's tougher is there are no takeaways open. So there's no KFC, no McDonald's, no nothing. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty tough. Not even takeaway coffee? Not even takeaway coffee. Uh, that'll change at tonight at 11.59 where uh, finally uh, takeaway is allowed again. Yeah, that'd be the last straw for a lot of people here, I think. Um, in terms of the situation with divorce rates, I mean, they are on an upward trend, are they? And that's perhaps due to the stress of COVID and lockdowns? Yeah, it's, um, it, it's unfortunate. So uh, I'm, all, I'm also uh, on the board of um, one of the largest family law practices and um, something you might not be aware of, but actually one of the biggest days for divorces is uh, Boxing Day. Um, so straight after you've got, you know, obviously uh, families are at home and, and lockdown is just a, a bigger event of, um, you know, those sort of uh, contained environments. So, yeah, we unfortunately divorce rates have gone up and uh, that then affects how our assets are split. Can you explain what the challenges are with intangible assets? First of all, what are they? What's an example? Yeah, so intangible assets, at the broadest definition, are anything that you can't kick with your toe. Um, and it encapsulates things like brands, systems, data, processes, knowledge, know-how. Um, so, you know, if you're a fashion label, for example, you know, most of your value is going to be contained within your brand. And, you know, to use an extreme example, you know, Coca-Cola, um, their most valuable asset will almost certainly be captured in its brand. Yet its brand, unfortunately, is not recorded on its balance sheet. Um, the only time you can bring these assets onto balance sheets um, is normally when they're required or some other specialised situations. But for the most part, the traditional accounting approach ignores intangible assets. So how often do they come up in property settlements around divorce? Um, not very often, but we are finding, in particular with the work that we do, more and more so because, again, it's where the majority of the value typically is. So just to use a... You know, a, a US example, but um, the S&P 500, intangibles now account for 90% of the value of the S&P 500. And in particular with scaling companies, it's where the value is typically seen. So Afterpay, for example, you know, Afterpay's, you know, recent exit um, was not reflective of their balance sheet or their P&L. It was really, you know, Afterpay is almost completely intangible assets. You're not going to buy Afterpay for their desks, their chairs, their computers. Mm. So how do you quantify the value of those during a property settlement? Yeah, and, and look, this is where, um, unfortunately, the traditional accounting approach to valuation um, is normally not appropriate. It's a bit like you know, trying to value a house. Um, it's, it's a completely different skill set. So you've got to look at, what the potentiality of the value is and in particular not just what that asset is worth to you but what it's worth to another party and the best example we can give here is Instagram you know Instagram had no no revenue they only had 12 staff 
and they had no assets, yet Facebook paid a billion dollars for them. Now, Mitchell, not sure what your current financial position is, but it probably wasn't worth a billion dollars to you. It's Unfortunately not. Really, yeah, it wasn't worth a billion dollars to me. But at the time, it was worth that to Mark Zuckerberg. So, again, it's about taking a similar approach, in particular um, in matrimonial property, and we do quite a bit around this, especially as expert witness. Um, and it's for either party. You know, um, we've been involved in looking at where the, the value isn't recognised in the current financials or where one party might think it's overrepresented. And it's everything from, we recently dealt with one uh, where one of the, the couple had a large collection of domain names. Um, and of course the domain names weren't worth the 30 or $40 renewal every year per domain name. Um, some of the domains were incredibly valuable and other domain names weren't so valuable. Um, another recent case that uh, has just happened in New Zealand is where a artist and her husband set, um, are getting divorced and initially the family court ruled that the copyright, in other words, the lady's ability to create the art wasn't part of relationship property. But subsequently the High Court has found that the actual artworks, the paintings that were created by her, were matrimonial property. So even the courts are still getting their heads around this. Yeah, it seems very hard to try and understand because, uh, you know, I was talking to a law student a couple of years ago and they were talking about this case where I think a family got into a massive argument over a simple deck chair and the complications around that and what it was worth and who was entitled to it, etc. So if you think about that and how much argumentation comes from tangible assets which perhaps have a clearer value, then how do you even begin to start to look at people's intellectual capacity to create things or brand values, uh, domain name values, etc.? Yeah, look, the family dog's the, the one that's often argued about. Um, but, yeah, again, we saw, you know, especially with COVID at the moment, some businesses are doing really well in COVID, others are the same, and some are doing incredibly badly. Um, so it does really bring into, you know, account, you know, not just what the asset is worth pre-COVID, but what's it worth now, but also what's it worth post-COVID as well. So quite often timing comes into this as well. And of course, the valuation of things, for example, Instagram, the example that you use, well, that really depends on who's in the market and who's prepared to pay for it. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg may have one valuation of Instagram, but I personally may choose to value Instagram as something different. So, I mean, in a court situation, it's very subjective, isn't it? Uh, it is. And that's where, it, you know, you, you've touched on that critical point, which is highly contextual. Um, and this is where it's about identifying who that asset is potentially worth something to. Um, and in the Instagram case, you know, whilst it wasn't worth anything to probably you or I, um, it was, wasn't was just worth a lot to Zuckerberg, but it would have been a lot to either Apple or Amazon or Yahoo. And that's what, dri- that's what derived it, drove the price to be worth a billion dollars. You know, a billion dollars for something that has no revenue, no assets, and only 12 staff. But of course it did have assets. The assets were its database. It had, you know, an ever-increasing database, had a lot of knowledge and know-how and content, um, and ultimately its brand. And that's what ultimately made it worth a billion dollars to Zuckerberg because he also couldn't afford for one of his competitors to buy that. So quite often when, in particular when we're in the courtroom, it's about explaining where that value is and who it's valuable to as well. So for the people listening to this today, and particularly people that may be contemplating divorce, because I'd imagine, given what you've said about Boxing Day being the key day and you know, lockdowns creating their sort of Christmas-like conditions for people in their homes, there'd be people perhaps at the back of their minds even contemplating divorce. What does that mean for them perhaps staring down the barrel of a property settlement? 
Yeah, um, unfortunately, it often depends on which party you are. So if you're, you know, the partner that, you know, has that business, um, you're obviously probably looking at, well, how do you, you know, push the value down? Whereas if you're the other party um, that's maybe not directly involved in the business and maybe not will not be continuing with any ownership of that, um, I mean, because, you know, the, the standard rule of thumb is that it's pretty much a 50-50 down the middle um, for most cases. So... Mm. Again, you know, it's about understanding which perspective you're looking at it from. And the first thing to do, even if you're not in a divorce settlement, is that if you've got a really valuable asset, is identify it. And the example we use here is, you know, imagine, uh, you know, your great old aunt unfortunately passes away and you go around to the house and you pop into the attic and you see a bunch of paintings. And you put them out the front and someone walks along and says, wow, one of those is a Van Gogh. The first thing you would do is get the painting back in the house, probably put a security guard around it. Yes. And it's the exact same thing with intangible assets. Quite often people have these assets that are really valuable in their business. And a good litmus test for whether you could have these or not is, are you able to generate better margin indoor market share than the people you're competing with? And if you are, that's probably a really good lead indicator that you've got something special. Fascinating. Look, thanks so much for being on the program. Really appreciate it. No, not at all. Thanks again. Michael Masterson there, who is the Managing Director of EverEdge, giving us some insights into intangible assets when there are property settlements at play. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.